This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, Joe, obviously, first time I've heard from you in a, lot, in a long time. Obviously, you've been busy with Christmas, busy with uh, work. I know you still are busy with work. How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's the beauties of um, owning your own business in the world of e-commerce, I guess. Um, um, yeah, no, not too bad. I mean, I got into... I, I, um, I uh, actually went into work at half six in the morning on the day of Doncaster so I could jet up the A1. And um, yeah, it was nice of the players to reward me with a <laughs> two, going two goals down within, what, 13 minutes or something. So yeah, that was, I was really glad I, <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I didn't go out on New Year's Eve and I thought, you know, I'll go in work early so, I, you know, I can jet off and go to the game and yeah. Um, but no, look, we've had, it, I think we've had it quite good in the last, um, well, six weeks really. I think. I think. I think this podcast is more relevant. I think to talk about the 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 sort of the Mike Williamson reign, as it were, the ten league games we've had under him so far, rather than is it ten league? Yeah, it's ten league games. Yeah, it's now, ten perhaps. now. Yeah. So uh, no, eleven. Sorry, uh, the Accrington one as well. You know, so essentially seven wins, two draws, and two defeats. Which you know, I think Not we'll bad. get we'll get into it more. I think, but um, overall, it has been a positive time. Um, I think you know we've only done maybe a handful of pods in those t- in that time, just going to life really. But um, it'll be good to get back into a routine now. I think we're both a bit more available, and um, so yeah. I mean, apologies to those that that missed it, and to those that haven't missed it. Well, I'm back now, so apologies. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how was Christmas New Year? I don't want to get into Williams stuff, but obviously, got to ask you that, haven't I? Really? Yeah, I mean, it was all, it was quite good. I. I didn't do much, um, but then, you know, the, the week after Christmas, I worked Boxing Day, I worked, yeah, so again, I've still been working away, but not as intense, so you, did you, you manage to get a bit of time off yourself, though? Yeah, yeah, I saw my people know I work in, like, live events, I'm all over the place anyway, um, so no surprise that my Christmas involved a bit of travelling, but um, yeah, it was decent, it was nice to take a bit of a break, obviously, first few days back in the office is never fun, that's what everyone knows who works here in the offices, but you know you crack on with it and um and when yeah. everyone asks you how your new year and how your christmas was about 10 times you know <laughs> and it's not responsive yeah it was all right is third of january too is it too late we were discussing this today 
in a work email is the 3rd of January too late to wish someone a happy new year? Because I, I was saying, I hope you're well. And I'm still getting, oh, I hope you had a good, good new year. It's like, oh, I think I think this week's okay. Then after this, this week, week. yeah, this week's this week's fine. Yeah. And then after that, once Friday passes and the weekend passes, and then back to Hopey Wells. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I, I hope the Dons play as well after they're drumming at Doncaster. Um, but yeah, that's what this, let's get into the Williamson rain. As you mentioned, Joey, 10, 10 games in now in terms of league games. Eleven. Really hard to complain about, to be honest. Let's, let's be real. We've, we've won the majority of them, been unbeaten since Accrington, um, pre Doncaster. Um, and Bree, I mean, obviously, you can only beat who's in front of you, but I think the teams that we have play, played and beat in front of us, we've played pretty convincingly. And I think it's been, I don't think Mike Williams think of us much more, really, if you exclude Doncaster in terms of what has happened to the players and their integration into the system. And I always set, set them up quite well. Yeah, I mean, so in the, I think it's the 11, 11 games, we've lost two. And that, and that was Accrington and Doncaster. Um, the Accrington one, I think you can almost write off, really. And I yeah. know, I know, it, look, it still does count, but effectively, he'd been there for maybe for two t- training sessions, perhaps. I think he came in on the Wednesday. He came in on the Wednesday, he was announced. So he would have had Wednesday's normally the players' day off. So he would have had the Thursday and the Friday. And the Friday we were travelling. So, you know, one and a half sessions maybe he had um, to get his feet under the table. Um, but yeah, you know, so, so seven wins, two draws, and two defeats. The two defeats, as I've just mentioned, the two draws, a very energised Grimsby side playing the first game under their new manager. And, um, you know, I thought we'd done well in that game, but to, to get it to one all. Um, and so, you know, that one you can say, yeah. And then the other draw was actually um, Newport County away. Yeah. And um, I actually think, you know, looking back, we had three, four chances that were very big chances that we just didn't take. And um, it was similar in the um, the Crawley game. No, the Colchester game, sorry, recently. <laughs> Um, I think, and I was actually going to say, I think Crawley were probably the best team we'd come up against in that run in terms of, oh God, you know, these these boys pop it around a bit. And we actually, you know, we did struggle at Crawley away as well. So, um, you know, a, a really good job that Scott Lindsay's doing at their place. But, you know, we've had some real, real good games like the the Swindon and the Bradford, like, double header at home. And that was, you know, seven goals scored three conceded as well. Um, but I actually put a tweet out um, after the Crawley game saying about how much we've actually improved in terms of our defensive numbers. I think um, the Morecambe game, the Crawley game and the Colchester game, in those games, we only conceded six shots in open play in those games. over You know, 270 minutes. That's really, really positive to see. Um you know, the Forest Green game, I think there are some people who were saying it was a bit boring and crap and stuff. But I think ultimately in that game, we did what we needed to do and the game was dead virtually. And we, you know, if we needed to get another goal, I'm sure we could have. But it, at that point, you you know, I think the possession style of play, it really helps in terms of just seeing a game out. So I think, yeah, overall, I think it couldn't have gone better. And you've got to remember as well, he's not had a pre-season. So it's not as if it's, you know, the start of the season. Um, he's literally been parachuted in, um, and you know, and I think we've, we've, um, um, what was it, um, Dean Lewington? He he also did mention as well. You know, you've got to credit Alexander as well. He's brought in yeah, some yeah, good absolutely. players. He's changed the the sort of feeling sorry for ourselves mentality. Um, 
I definitely, you know, you definitely got to say that. But I think Williamson, he's kind of taken on the good work from the preseason, and he's sort of put his own twist on it now. And I think with this January window, Liam, I think maybe, you know, games like the Crawley or the Grimsby, I think will be a bit fewer. Do you reckon with um, him being able to maybe put his own stamp on things even more in terms of personnel now? I mean, you'd hope so. I mean, obviously, a bit like some of our previous managers recently, they're having to deal with a squad where it's technically not theirs. Obviously, we had it with with Martin and Manning um, recently, a couple of seasons ago. Um, had it with with Jackson as well when he, when he took over for Manning. So, you know, it's it's kind of it's supposed part of it's like the bread and butter of English football in many ways. So managers will come in during the season and take over squads that isn't theirs, and they, they may get a job for the, to the next season. They can build their own teams. But yeah, I think Mike Williamson has taken on a squad which I think Alexander. Yes, yes, he built, and I think he may have wanted to have elements of what Williamson's doing right now on his side. But ultimately, you know, Williamson has gone on leaps and bounds and almost ran when when Alexander walks. But that's not to discredit Alexander's time at the club. I think me and Joe are both sung his praises in terms of not only the fitness levels that he introduced during the summer, um, which which has really benefited the players this season despite some injuries. Um, but as Joe just mentioned there, also the mentality of the, the fans and also the football club and the players in general of the, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourselves, crack on and get out of this league. And I think this run Williamson has really put us in a good position to do that. Um, yes, we're outside of the playoffs again after our defeat on, on Monday for New Year's Day. But, you know, like we're still we're still well in the race for that. And we still have a really, really good chance of at least getting the playoffs, if not more than that. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get into January later, but I think there's plenty of opportunity here to really push on and, and you know make make what we thought the players and I think some of the fans thought about this league actually actually achieve it in terms of getting that top seven at the minimum. And I think as well it's important to point out I think there's six points that separate the playoff places and like maybe 14th, 15th, something I haven't got a table in front of me but it is so tight because a yeah. team like Tranmere um, who were basically near the relegation zone. They were the only team in the league to win all of their Christmas games before, you know, over the festive period. And they're up to like 14th and only a few points away from the playoffs. And, you know, we have got two games in hand, um, but then again, they are against Wrexham and Mansfield. So they are, you know, they're tough games, but um, but, but they're games nonetheless. Um, you can't take them as a given, but I think it's, you know, uh, it, uh, nothing has ever won at this stage of the season. Um and I think if we're there or thereabouts, then I'll be pleased. And if you look back at, say, you know, Russell Martin's seasons um, and before, which, you know, I'm only likening it to that because just because of the play style, you know, as we've had the January windows and Russell Martin, you know, he got in his Ari Darling, he got in his Matt O'Reilly. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, well, who knows? We could be getting the players in of that sort of calibre, that are that, that game-changing players. But we went from, you know, sort of decent mid-table form to, you know, top six forms that second half of the season when Matt O'Reilly and Harry Darling came in. So, you know, even though we have been in very good form, I think a few transfers now could really sort of transform our season. And I think we could be, you know, as long as we're there or thereabouts with, say, 10 games to go, I would fancy us um, towards the end of the season because I think we're only going to get stronger. Yeah, and I think, you know, based on the performances that we have seen, I think, Doncaster was a, a bit of a blip, particularly that first 45 minutes. Um, I know many didn't go to the games. Obviously, it was New Year's Day. It was a 
or an early start for me and Joe getting up to Doncaster or going to work and then going to Doncaster. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all we all kind of had a bad feeling in our stomachs going there because the last time we were there, we we've never won there. Yeah, we never won there, and we lost a pretty pivotal promotion game last time we were there in that League One season. So we didn't feel particularly good. And I think those those sort of gut decisions were right. Obviously, a really really poor start, and I wouldn't even say Doncaster were they were, they were okay. And, and yeah, Grant McCann was right; it probably should have scored more. But Doncaster were just rubbish, and I think I think fatigue does play a factor into it. But there's also I think just a level that you have to kind of commit yourselves to as a group of players to really go out there. And I think they were well below par of that. Um, I know, for example, the first goal where um, Molyneux ran through past Lewington over a top ball and tucked into the thing was the bottom corner. I don't think Louis deserves as much um, slack as he did get for that because we all know Dean Lewington is like, well, he's a 39-year-old centre-back who really shouldn't be starting every week, but he just is because on the ball, he's fantastic. But I think... And I know Chris mentioned it in this comment that I think it just highlighted the that we're missing Dan Harvey, particularly that left centre back role. Um, yes, he can play wing back, and maybe that's where he wants to play. But I think let's without spoiling too much of our transfer part and the, the next part of this episode. I think Dan Harvey could potentially go back to that left centre back role when he is back fit, and it could leave a bit of a competitive streak between him, Lewington, and potentially some of the centre backs when they come back. But um, yeah, after that first goal, it kind of capitulated from there. And once you're 3 0 down at half time, you've and even 2 0 down at 17 minutes, you've really got no chance of coming back from that game. But Joe, what, what obviously we were both there watching the game together. Um, what did you see from Doncaster compared to the other games that we have seen in the Williamson that you know really like stood out to you? I saw a comment on uh, on um, under like you know when the result full time result came through on the tweet, and I can't remember who it was, so sorry, I can't give you any credit, but. It was basically saying, you know, it, we've just, it just looks like we just ran out of steam. And when you actually think about it, you know, Morecambe, the first game of this festive period, we were fantastic. Probably our best of the four performances. Colchester, again, you know, okay, it took us till the 89th minute to score, but we were pushing on the door. We, we'd created multiple chances throughout the game. Crawley, we kind of got away with one, but we still created chances and we, and we got there. And, this game just looked like, you know, and in each game, it's, it's um, you know, I think we played the same back five in all four games. I think we played the same midfield two in the game. Well, I think he, he tried to change the midfield two in one of the, in the Crawley game and it just did not work. And as soon as Robson then came on, we looked a lot more solid and stable. And, you know, this is Robson who's just come back from like a month out. So he's clearly not 100% and having to be, had a rest. Um, Connor Grant again. He started the Morgan game was fantastic, and then we you know do a bit of rotation. You know we start maybe Gilby out of position so he can get Lecco in. Lecco, as much as I wanted him to do well, I think Fort really failed to impress in the two games in which he played. Yeah. Um, uh, Mo again. He's he, Mo got a chance to start, and I think it just shows that beyond the sort of the twelve or thirteen starters, you know there wasn't a lot. There isn't too much quality there and and Graham Alexander said this exact same thing as well didn't he when he was here um, and I think you know on our, our, our 11 on its day you know and you've got to think as well we're missing probably our best centre-back in Jack Tucker uh, we're having Cameron Norman play wing-back when actually at centre-back he was looking really well um, we're having to play MJ Williams a midfielder 
out of position in defence. And again, I thought he looked quite good for the first couple of games, and then the Crawley game, and then the last game. I think he, you know, it just caught sort of caught up with him. So I think it's just been a sort of culmination of everything catching up with the players. I mean, and, and the Doncaster first goal, yeah, it was a ball through. It, it was it was it was quite it, it was a decent finish into the corner, yeah. um, and then the second one was it was a deflection. It just it happens, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess when it rains, it pours. And the third one was objectively poor from the goalkeeper. Absolutely. Um, but then again, as well, you know, I think they had always had a short corner on, and we they always had two on one on us on the short corners. Just little stuff like just being aware, bit of awareness, and just we just seemed off it from minute one. Um, and and we never really looked like coming back into it, really. Um, and I think it was just one of them. And, and the thing is, as well, like I think our fans were kind of... And it, I was actually quite pleased to see that a lot of our fans realised that as well. And it was nice to see it wasn't necessarily a meltdown as such after the Doncaster game. It was kind of like, right, well, we've, you know, we've had a good Christmas period. Let's just kind of write this one off and go again. And I think it is one of those results because I think there was also a couple of other freak results. Like in the game before, I think Doncaster went to Mansfield and got a draw. Um, there, were, there was some other, like Walsall. Won yeah, Walsall, yeah, yeah. You know, away from home. It, there was quite a few results where you think, bloody, where's that come from? And I think, not to say Doncaster didn't deserve their win because they definitely did, but I think just some performance levels and some teams just running out of steam a little bit there. And you know the smaller the teams that can't or 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 don't rotate as much um, their teams, which I think you know we weren't really in a position to do so without the the quality dropping way off. Then I think that I think that nine points out of twelve in the Christmas period is a good haul. Yeah, yeah. Also, we were chatting about it on the train home actually in terms of like what's been our like best festive period ever, and I'm pretty sure we equaled it, or we got very close to equaling it for this period. So we really, really cannot complain. And I think you mentioned, I think the main point you said was the lack of depth. Like, as you said, like we, I think we see, we saw signs of it in the Crawler game where we had to play the likes of um, Dawson, the in centre mid. And you could just see from the sideline and, and what we see on the pitch that he was just not doing the role that he needed to do. And he had to get taken off straight away. As you mentioned, we bring on Ethan Robson and that midfield looks a lot more smoother. Admittedly, against Doncaster, didn't have the best showing in, himself, Robson. But, um, it's, it's, it's the life of a league two but player. He's just come back from the injury as well. He's just yeah, come back that, from his yeah. injury. So, you know, in all, in all, if you to ask Mike Williamson, he probably would have not wanted to play, you know, Robson for three 70, 80 minute roles in, in for four 70, 80 minute roles in what, 10 days, 11 days? Yeah, actually, and now he benched Conor Grant for some games. And I mean, none of us really understand it either for the fans we've been speaking to. Obviously, I'm, I'm a bit biased because I do really like Conor Grant's footballer, but. He, get, he seems to get into pockets in that front three where you can't, none of the other players seem to really manage to do it. Obviously, we saw, we saw Leco's efforts against Dolgrass in particular, and it was absolutely abysmal about uh, outing individuals too much. Um, so I'd be surprised if he's to get back to the starting 11 anytime soon. Um, but yeah, no, it is depth, and I think there's probably going to be some outs and ins simultaneously. So I think it'll be a busy window. Obviously, we've already seen one with Dara Byrne telling out Shamrock Rovers. And I've already seen one in, of course, with Dan Kemp coming back, which we'll get onto very shortly. But I think it'll be one of the biggest Januaries we've had in a while, one of the busiest January we've had in a while. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think it'll be more, for the call, as Joe said, the call will stay the same, but it's more about getting those three or four in, like, difference makers that we can either bring off the bench or 
add to the starting 11 that really, really give us that push to get into definitely the top seven and maybe the top three. Who knows? Okay, well, let's let's take a short little break and then we'll get into our transfer thoughts. I imagine it could be a bit of a lengthy one, but uh, we'll take a short little break and we'll see you in a second. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back. Uh, as you mentioned, January transfer window is upon us. I was a few days into it and we've seen some deals already happen. Even in Milton Keynes, you know, MK1. And how me and Joe are wanting to do it this time around is we're going to go position by position in terms of the squad and give our overall thoughts on it and maybe sort of see whether we need to add some players here or potentially let's stick or twist sort of situation. So I'm sure we pick up, pick up on it as we go along. And I've certainly got some of your suggestions in terms of positions that you feel we should add in the window um, over on Instagram. And thanks to everyone for sending your comments there. So Joe, let's let's start at the bottom of the spine, the goalkeeper. Obviously, currently we have Kramer giveaway in goal um, with Nathan Harness, who has just returned for a long-term injury. Um, and my, uh, Michael Kelly. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I forgot his name. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe, let's start with the bottom of the spine, the goalkeeper. Obviously, we've got Craig Giveray as the number one, um, with Nathan Harness also come back for long term injury, signed in the summer. And uh, Michael Kelly, who I believe his contract's about to come up, but obviously he's still with the club and still featuring in the 18 man squad. So, stick to, single twist. What are we saying regarding the goalkeeper? Um, I'm going to say twist, but with a caveat. Um... So, you know, add if we get rid of, of someone. And I think that Matt Galivere, whilst he came in with, I think all of us, I think actually not the top 20 um, big EFL sort of uh, media producers, they they said they put Matt Galivere in there like their team of transfers of the summer. I think we were all really excited. But unfortunately, we've not, he's, and I'm sure he'll say, be the first to say this, he's probably not, been as strong as he thinks he can be he he should be on the goalkeeping side and I think as well you know he'd, he'd be he, he would admit as well he's, he's not exactly sort of an Andy Fisher with his feet he's more of a Jason Cumming with his feet now the difference was Jason Cumming was outstanding as a goalkeeper however you know you, you could kind of take the trade-off with his feet however and it, it was almost the opposite way around with Andy, Andrew Fisher where Andy Fisher was a Good goalkeeper, decent enough goalkeeper, but he was sublime with his feet. Now, at the moment, it seems like we've not really got the best of either of those worlds at the moment. Um, but the caveat is, you know, do you really want to be getting another first team goalkeeper when you've got one there already on the wages? And, you know, considering he was out of contract in the summer, he's a sort of peak age player. I'd imagine he's on a two or three year deal on quite a wedge. 
So maybe if you can get someone to take him on loan, which, you know, I mean, you, you can come on to the sort of interest which we've heard and then get someone else in. Um, but I think it's sort of like, well, you know, we might have to stick with him. And it's not like he's not been awful, but I just think he can be better. Um, or do we maybe manage to move him on loan-wise and get someone to cover his wages for the rest of the season and then go from there? And then maybe look to get in a potentially younger goalkeeper, which is more adept with their uh, feet for build-up. Yeah, I mean, obviously the rumour that's been going around that uh, was well reported by um, some football journalists is that you know Dons are going to potentially sign uh, Philip Marsham on loan from Aston Villa. Obviously, he's a keeper who was at Gateshead last season under Mike Williamson, um, played the National League. And yeah, I, I think to get a keeper of of that quality, I think you're going to need to... There's a big question marks of whether they were the number one or not. And I think more in more more cases than not, they're going to be the number one. So that would that would suggest that I'm going twist as well. And I think the if, interesting thing with McGivray is you mentioned about the summer um summer window transfer and how he was on the highlights in there. I think if he was opening to get to get a move this window, let's say he is, then you know, I think League One clubs will be all over him because I think in games in games this season, whilst he's not particularly good with his feet, I think shop shot stopping wise he's been he's been pretty good he's saved us some games like Crawley for example he was bloody all over the place and I think he definitely deserved man of the match in that game so yeah yeah all over the place in a good way this time yes yes of course <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah we've seen the keeper sometimes but they're all over the place in a bad way and it's uh it's very bad um but yeah there's definitely quality there I, as you mentioned I just don't know if he suits a system to a T and I don't know if he's a Williamson goalkeeper so I wouldn't be shocked if um the rumors regarding a keeper coming in were true um, so yeah, I think we're both twists depending on if McGivray goes or not. Yeah, I think there's a, it's a twist, but there's an asterisk on it, isn't it? There's a sort of yeah. if if we can maybe arrange something for McGivray because personally, I think it would be stupid if we're shelling out for two first team goalkeepers. It's just uh, you, you don't want to be doing that for your goalkeeper position. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm some of the comments I'm looking at now. I mean, Kieran and, and Samuel both agree that we need a goalkeeper to some extent. So if that's be a, a you know backups of him or. A new, a new for a new number one, you know, they want they said he want one. So that's I think we're I think on the same page there. Um let's go to centre backs. Um to be honest, a position where I think we've got the most depth in the team, uh, maybe besides striker. Um obviously a few injuries at the moment with with Tucker and obviously Harvey he's a, he's a wing back slash centre back at this point. Obviously Dean Lewington's there, Warren O'Hor is there, Anthony Stewart's there <laughs> to some degree. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of players in that group, Joe, and even with three centre backs starting, I really can't see much depth being added there at all. This this uh, this uh, window, so I'm gonna go with stick. Yeah, me too. Um, I think the the caveat with that is we've not been playing with our strongest back three all season. Really, we've only had maybe three or four games of it, and that, in my opinion, the strongest back three is Warren O'Hara on the right, Jack Tucker in the middle, and Daniel Harvey on the left. Um, I, I, I've, we said sort of October, November time when we did a sort of, you know, just to take the temperature <clears throat> of the season so far. And I was maintaining that for me, Dan Harvey was in my top three players of the season, probably just behind Alex Gilby at that point. Yeah. And I, I stand by that. I think Dean Lewington, again, whilst fantastic as he was against Morecambe, he can't do it every week, which we saw, you know, as, as we said, you know, you see the slow sort of just... just just not quite hitting the levels week in, week out, which is completely fair. 
and we'll let him off for it. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, but you know, and then you've got so also you've got MJ Williams and Cameron Norman that can both cover there. Absolutely, do a decent enough job. Um, Cameron Norman probably the better one of the two, I would say, but just purely because I think just defensive wise, he's a bit more on it. Um, MJ maybe play MJ is probably the better one on the ball playing out from the back wise. Um, but you've also got Charlie Waller who's been getting rave reviews at Banbury. Um, um, I think he got a man of the match in his debut at like 18, 19. And I think for a defender, especially getting games against these sorts of teams in the National League North will be doing the world of good. Um, you've got Tommy Smith and Anthony Stewart. I don't really expect them to feature much, but they are League Two defenders that can service us for two or three games if we need them to. So, yeah, I think unless there's an extraordinary you know, transformative player available like a Harry Darling where, you know, the players on the market and we just go for it and, and we go from there, then that's fine. But I wouldn't be looking at, you know, filling it with a Premier League youngster or anything like that, because I think once everyone's fit, we do have a, a perfectly good back line. Yeah. The guys that lower league round have actually said about a centre back, but um, yeah, I tend to disagree. I, I think we do have the depth there and once some players are back from injury, which probably why someone, someone like Tommy Swift is still here actually. And once those guys are back, I think we'll be more than fine heading into the rest of the season. Okay, wing-backs. Um, obviously, Joe Tomlinson, the star of the show here, really. Um, obviously, has come in um, under Graham Alexander, but has been mostly the feature under Mike Williamson and has done fantastic since then. Um, again, one of the players that was highlighted by uh, HC Football, who came on um, and has started ever since, really. So he's he's sort of played both sides. He's mostly left wing-back. Right wing back is an interesting one. Obviously, had a, a few injuries here. So, I think I know a, a position which has been highlighted by pretty much everyone who commented uh, Andrew, um, again, the lowly roundup guys, uh, Joseph, um, Samuel, literally everyone said about a right wing back. Um, and I know there's been a rumor going around about another gate, um, another gate to the player in Stephen Wern coming in. I know he's listed as attacking midfielder, but with the way, with how forward this right wing back gets, Joe, I imagine if that was someone like his caliber was to come in, he would probably slot in there and be the starter. Um, I don't know. I, I can't profess to know too much about Stephen Wern, um, but I suggest that someone with his numbers wouldn't be playing in that position. And I think, I think left wing back, you know, you've got Tomlinson who can play there, you've got Harvey who can fill in there. You've also got Brooklunger, but he is out on loan at the moment. Yes. Um, but I think in, in sort of our strongest back line, um, so you've got, you know, for me, it's uh, Was, Tux and Harvey in centre-back. And then I'd probably have JT on the left and Norman on the right wing back. Okay, and again, Norman. you know, I think, I think another option at right wing back would be good, but are they going to be playing every week? Probably not. So I don't think it's one we need to break the bank for. I think, again, it's sort of, it's sort of like I'm fairly happy but maybe maybe a low knee just for a bit of depth, perhaps. Um, I don't think it's a position where we need to particularly worry about, but because you've got, you know, Tomlinson can play on the right or the left, but obviously it's dependent on who else is available, isn't it? Sure, so, yeah. Um, and, you know, Gilby filled in, Lecco's filled in there and done, <laughs> they've done a job, you know, so to speak. But I think actually, you know, these positions are so important and actually if you do nail them, it shows what an impact they can make to the team. And you actually look at a team like Knox County, I think the highest assist maker in the league is Knox County's left wing back in, in Jody Jones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, that's the uh, former winger and attacking midfielder, Jody Jones. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think um, 
I think you may have seen um, the the like average position maps, but are similar to like when we were under Russ. It's you know, unless there's an Ethan Laird or a Kane Kessler Hayden available on the loan market, I wouldn't just sign someone for the sake of it. Fair enough. Yeah, I was interested that were weren't sort of rumor because well, I, I don't know where he's going to play because obviously with other players coming back and I think there's I think there's a lot of competition for where he's meant to play. So. Didn't know if Williams maybe had a, a finger up his sleeve or something like that, sort of say. Or something uh, like I've got a theory to do with that, so I'll oh, okay. explain it when we get it to the cent- central midfielders. Well, let's uh, go to it now then. Uh, central midfielders. Okay. So, so I think it. we're both agreeing, sort of, just you know, we're quite happy with wing backs, but maybe yeah. a, a low knee for depth or something, perhaps. Yeah, back up to normal potentially, sure. Yeah, back, yeah, because this is again, you know, it's all sort of just numbers in that area. The quality, I think, is good. In the in those areas, it's just about about depth. Centre mid, then take it away. Right. So at the moment, we've been playing Jack Payne and Ethan Robson in the central centre of the park, and then you know, M- sometimes it's been MJ Williams and Jack Payne. Um, for me, Dawson Devoy, it looks like I don't know. I think you know, Dawson I think, I think he's gone, cool. mate. I really do. He's a, he's, I, what, we've seen in flashes what he can do, but. Yeah, that Crawley game just—it just—I was just like, oh, you know. And I, I, by all accounts, in the Brighton game, it wasn't particularly great either. Yeah. And I think at some point, not cut your losses as such, but I think at this point, then, so you've got as, as in terms of midfielders that I feel comfortable with in the centre centre of the park, you've got Jack Payne, MJ Williams, and Ethan Robson. Yeah. Now with Wern um, being mentioned, and also Dan Kemp. They're both number 10s. That means, that makes me maybe think that potentially we're going to be looking at a Jack Payne and maybe even an Alex Gilby central midfield pairing. Mm. I agree. So that to me means that actually maybe, you know, Gilby's been filling in as a number 10, so to speak. And actually, I think we've seen a lot of the time, not, he doesn't get a nosebleed. That's very harsh for me to say, but he is very good in those areas purely because he's, an all-action midfielder, but he's not a, you know, he's not a finisher. He's not a final action player. Gilby is all action, puts his heart into everything. And where can he impact the games the most? The middle of the park. And I think if you've got a pairing, if you've got a mixture of Jack Payne, MJ Williams, Ethan Robson and Alex Gilby, that's a really solid four quartet in midfield. And different games can have different things. And also, it might even allow Jack Payne to actually play a bit further forward. <laughs> you know, because lest we forget, Jack Payne was actually signed to be, you know, a, a more forward-thinking player. So, I actually think that the fact Kemp's back, the fact that we've also looking at Stephen Wern, um, as rumoured and as mentioned by a few Gateshead journalists, etc., I think... Um, that could maybe mean that Gilby comes back into the middle. So, you know, if we've then got Payne, MJ, Ethan Robson and Gilby, I'm happy with those four midfielders. And then you've also got Devoy there who can, and Tripp who can fill in, you know, should injuries happen. So personally, I'm quite happy with the central midfield. Yeah, I say I was I was quite harsh on Devoy. I just think that Crawley game was, it felt like his final chance, if you know what I mean. Like he, he started the game and... He didn't really do too much in, in that role, in that sort of centre mid role alongside Payne, and it kind of felt when he was dragged that you know, that was that was almost it. And, and it was two that... ball playing teams as well, so you think kind of yeah. like you know if it was against I don't know um, a team that had going up in that year and like an Accrington away, you can kind of say, oh look, you know, fair enough. It's not the sort of game where you can 
play football. But this was a game where you think, you know, they had Liam Kelly on their side, who's, you know, diminutive, five foot six, five foot seven, sort of similar size to Dawson. And he ran that game. He absolutely ran that game. Yeah. And that's the sort of performance where you think, well, that guy, you know, he's taken the game by a scruff of the neck and with his technical ability and, and put his stamp on it. And unfortunately for Dawson, I just feel like he's not really grabbed it with both hands, unfortunately. Which is a shame. There's definitely a player there. It's same with Darrow. Definitely players that, that's there. That's what's so frustrating about him because we've seen yeah. it in flashes, haven't we? Yeah, it's just a shame. And unfortunately, well, hopefully they can they can crack on elsewhere, um, whether that be loans or permanents if they do move on. But um, obviously for now, at least Dawson is still an MK Don's player and Darrow's on loan at Shamrock for the season. So see how they get on. Um, um, look, Liam, do you think, so even if, so if, say for instance, Dawson does move on, We've then got Jack Payne, MJ Williams, you know, the four left. Would you think Williamson would maybe be looking for someone else in there? Mm. Maybe, you know, like a, a McEachran type. Uh, um, uh, someone who just ticks the ball over. I mean, do, I you think he'll, I do you think he'll been... be content with those four? Especially considering how important they are in the system. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's all right. Um, I know there's been, obviously, again, another rumoured bid for a Gateshead player. Um with I forgot his name. Apologies, but it was it sent to me very Ed very Francis. Similar, thank you, Ed Francis. He's very similar to um, MJ Williams, from my understanding, um, in terms of how he plays as a player, and it's quite a significant bit as well. If you believe it, six figures. So it, again, it, I think like right wing back, it could be the case of if the player is there, then he'll probably go. Is for everyone it. we're signing secretly there to play right wing back? <laughs> I mean, it has to be surely. But... No, Philip Marshall. Oh, <laughs> did you see the um, the Arbroath goalkeeper? No, he subbed on the goalkeeper. The Arbroath goalkeeper got subbed on and scored a thirty yarder. So yeah, maybe that's what we. Maybe Philip Marshall isn't being signed to play in goal. Maybe we've read it all wrong. I mean, he is an outfield player, hasn't he? Before, so technically, it would be uh, yeah, it would be that fit the theory. <laughs> um, but no, I think. Maybe where there's smoke, there's fire in terms of that position, um, but it certainly wouldn't be a priority for me. Um, I think that that wing back role is, is quite is quite pivotal, really. I think it needs sorting out at some point, and and then again, as well as that, I, I mean, depending on whether let's say just to switch room in the in the keeper room, but you had a keeper in, but I don't think centre mid's a massive priority. And as you said, Gilby and Payne, I think that midfield too is arguably. Not the best in the league, but it's definitely up there. Um, so I think those two are starters. And then if you can get a player in that you like, that you feel offers something different to Robson and Williams and maybe even Devoy if they stay, then cool, you get them in. But I wouldn't I would certainly wouldn't be making it a massive thing for me. I think yeah, I think they're very good players, but I'm just I was the only reason I mentioned it is because we don't really have the profile. Like, you know, MJ's the destroyer. Jack Payne, he's the sort of the box to box. Gilby's the box to box. Ethan Robson's the box to box. But none of them are sort of just a an actual true pass master, if you want. Yeah, and I guess you could say Payne is the closest thing to that. Yeah, but... yeah, it's a, good, it's a good point. But I suppose, I suppose the wing backs. Maybe he wants wing backs and Norman and Tomlinson take for example. We've, we've seen like Ethan Robson is best when he's alongside someone who can do the passing for him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, we saw against Doncaster right when on. it comes to, you know, Ethan Robson on the ball. He's he's not bad, but he's not, you know, as progressive or as as a Josh McEachran or, you know, a Jack Payne. 
he, he does a lot of the their dirty work for them, so to speak. So that, that's why I was just mentioning it. But yeah, yeah I no, think it's, it's, it's a fair point. But I guess it's just the profiles of players, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, absolutely. It's a fair point. And yeah, maybe we do need that sort of real deep line playmaker to, to join that group of players to really progress it on. And yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure that's potentially a focus for Mike Williamson and, and the recruitment team. Okay, probably the most complicated group out of these like now the 10s. So the two players that are sitting behind, let's be honest, Max Dean. Um, so it, it's Connor Grant. Uh, Darius, of course, Darius going to loan to Shamrock now. So he's out of it. It's Ash Hunter. There's technically Joel Lanker. Um, there's Dan Kemp now. He's back from Swindon. There's John Lecco. And there's Mo Isa. Uh, obviously, Matt Dennis is out injured, so we're not going to include him in anything for a little while. <sighs> well, obviously, with Wern also potentially coming in. <laughs> You're right. That was a big sigh. That was a big sigh because there's a lot of players there, Joe. And yeah. I'll be honest, I think if there's anyone that's going to be potentially moving on, because obviously Williamson alluded that some players want some more game time. I think they have to be coming from this group of players, surely. It's, two, yeah, it's six I, players to two positions. That's crazy. This is this is my on my on my notes. I wrote add but get rid. So yeah, it's sort yeah. of like it's similar to the goalkeeper situation where you've got people like Leko and Isa who look we're not privy to this information, but you would assume that they're amongst the highest earners in the club. In the last sort of twelve games, they they've got maybe three starts between them, three or four starts between them. Out of a possible twenty-four combined, you know that you, that just can't be happening. Um, we've already re-signed the best player of the league so far in Dan Kemp, and I mean, let's talk about him now. Um, I mean, if you'd have been following Swindon's social media coverage, you'd have thought that he just died or something. <laughs> you know, five, you spend five months at a club and they're producing feature-length documentaries about your time there, where you've ended up in mid-table, but. Um, yeah, to be fair to him, if it weren't for Dan Kemp, I think Swindon would be rapidly looking over their shoulders, and I think they very much are at this point. Absolutely. Um, he's on 13 goals and 8 assists, or 14 goals and 8 assists, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Penalties, free kicks, he's been assisting, he's been... This is in a team that hasn't been doing too well recently as well, and I think that's really important to say. Um, I think there was a sort of stat um, in the last 13 games... Um, there's only been three goals scored by Swindon, which haven't been by Dan Kemp or Jake Young, and both of them have left three days into wow. the window. That's um, ridiculous. And I think just you know we've seen in flashes what Jack, Dan Kemp can do. Unfortunately, he's never really been given a chance under you know the manager that signed him, Liam Manning, um, by Mark Jackson or by um, uh, Garrett Graham Alexander this summer, yeah. and I think that. You know, we've never actually played a system which has suited him because it, when he's played, he's either been having to play in centre mid, which let's face it, you know, it's not his role. You know, unless you're doing another Jack Payne sort of esque thing, um, and or he's been shoved out wide on the wing. And I think what it's been clear to see is you need to say to Dan Kemp, just stay in the middle of the, stay as the number ten, just do what you like, roam around, go out wide, get the ball, but come inside or come inside and find the pockets. And I think that is what he's going to be doing. And I think if you had to ask Mike Williamson to design the characteristics of what his number 10 looks like, you know, if you just got a blank canvas and you say, what qualities do you want your number 10 to set to have? I think Dan Kemp ticks a lot of those boxes. Um, so, yeah, I think, and I think as well, just, just to add on it, I think, I mean, we, we're guessing, but it, it, 
It's been two years since we signed him. I'd guess he's only got six months left on his contract. Yeah. He's not re-signing for us. That's just let's just make it quite clear. He's he he's he would have done enough. Even if we get promoted, he would have done enough to have teams like you know Bolton or Portsmouth or Derby or something sniffing around him. He's been the best player in League Two this season. He was probably the best player in the second half of League Two last season. And I'd be very surprised if he doesn't join, you know, one of those top end League One teams on probably five or six grand a week. And good luck to him because he doesn't really owe us anything because we've not exactly done him any favours, have we, in the last two years, have we? You know, he's kind of his career's kind of not stalled, but because he's had an opportunity to go out and show what he can do. But my word, he you know if we, we didn't, we just didn't really take a chance on him, so to speak, or the managers didn't, I should say. Um, so yeah, I think um, look, we've got six, we've got now five, six months of Dan Kemp. Let's just make the most of it, and hopefully he can get us up, and we can both get where we want to go. Yeah, there's been a bit of chatter about potentially selling Kemp for whilst we can, but I think promotion would have to be the stupid money. It yeah. would have to be stupid money if we were to do that. Um, or, or maybe we'll maybe we'll loan, loan him out again. <laughs> oh my god! Please no. <laughs> no, no, <I> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the atmosphere. Jesus Christ. Um, but no, I think I think the promotion's way more valuable. As Joe said, six months left of him, or whatever it is. Um, let's as hopefully we this team can get promoted. Um, and get out of this awful league too. Um, and yeah, make the most of him basically. Uh, cool. So let let's say Kemp starts on the left side of the ten. Who's on the right side for you? Well, I mean, you've got Gilby who can play there. So maybe, you know, maybe we get in a, a statement centre mid rather than a statement number 10, potentially. Because um, I think Gilby can go between the two, maybe. You know, Jack Payne, maybe he comes forward if we sign a big central midfielder. Um, but, you know, this is the rumour that's going around is the Stephen Wern by the sounds yeah. of it. I think it's 25 starts, 10 goals and 11 assists. Not bad. Not bad numbers, really. And, excuse me, you know, I think, as you say, you've got Leco and Isa. To me, we'd, I think we'd be doing it, we'd be doing ourselves, just, you know, for both of them as well, you know, they're, you know, Isa's at quite a crucial stage of his career in terms of these, you know, getting them towards 30. He's going to be wanting to be playing because he's going to be, in the summer, he'll probably be a free agent and he'll be wanting to look and see what's out there and get, you know, probably his last big, proper contract of his career so he's not going to be wanting to sit on the bench for a whole season and with Leco as well you know he's in his mid-20s now and you know I, I really one thing just in general that I really just don't understand is that when people sort of say the players don't care and they don't try because at the end of the day if a player doesn't care or doesn't try they're literally killing their own careers. Absolutely. And I think sometimes the players just doesn't fit in the system, though they're just not doing well enough. And I think, look, there might be some situations where, I don't know, you're Jack Rodwell and you're in League One on a 60 grand a week contract and you are never, ever, ever going to, mm. you know, get better than that, right? Fair enough if you want to sit on your ass and not do anything. Fair enough. But, you know, when you're in League Two and you're, you know, you've just been relegated, you've, you clearly have talent, like someone like Leco and Isa do, but maybe just don't fit what we're currently trying to do. I'd be very surprised if they didn't want to go out and play themselves. So I think, yeah, if with them two, look, they're, they're decent enough players. It's not really worked. From, it, at the start of the season, they were banging them in, but then it, it quickly dried up and 
in the chances they've been given under Williamson, we've not really seen too much evidence of that form returning. So I think all parties will probably want a, an amicable solution, and then hopefully we can, you know, reinvest the the monies saved elsewhere, you know, in that area. Yeah, to be fair, and focus on Leco for a second. I think Williamson is. And even that is Anna Tufera, I've really like tried, and I think Lecker also has to really try to make him work in the system. Like I played, played him wing back, played him um as a striker at times, played him as a ten, and you know, for whatever reason, besides a few games, it's not really worked. Um which is a real shame because as as a bit like um Silas mentioned earlier in Devoy and Burns, there's there's a player there, but for whatever reason it's just not in MK1, um, which is a real shame and who knows what happens to him if he does get a move, if, if he is one of the players that wants more game time according to the manager. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he was one that was potentially on the way out. What do you reckon about Ash Hunter, Joe? Haven't really seen him at all this season, apart from when Alexander was at the helm. What, what's I, I liked to him. him. When, when, I saw, when I saw him play, I liked him. Yeah, I don't um, mind him. Whether or not he's... I, 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 I really liked him because he was just... He added a bit of. He added something, you know. He was he was a horrible little bastard, to be quite honest. <laughs> but he had, but he had that quality, and he had that little bit of, um, you know. Once he actually got some games under his belt, he really did make an impact. You know, I think he got both the assists and in the last few minutes away at Colchester, and when we start when we played Crew away, and we absolutely like tore them a new one for the first sort of half an hour. The game actually kind of changed after he got subbed off. And we've not seen him since Crew away. Bloody hell, that seems a long time ago. It was hot that day, you know. That <laughs> that's how. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, whether or not he fits in with the system, I don't know. I'd imagine with his injury record and his age, it's maybe a one-year contract. So maybe he's got six months left. Maybe he's, he's got another year. I, I do not know. But I think um, I think he could be a decent option, especially off the bench. You know, even. He might not be happy just to play off the bench, but I'd imagine he's not going to be one of the high... Because this is the difference. With someone like Aleko or an Ice, you're pr- pretty certain that they're probably going to be earning you know, one of the highest wages in the club. However, with Ash, someone like Ash Hunter, you think, well, he was kind of brought in as a squad player, so I'd be really shocked if he was earning as much as the Lecos and Ices. So if he was to stick around and contribute, or you know, five or six goal contributions off the bench in the last 20 games, you know, that, I'd say that's... That's a decent enough job. Whether or not I'd want him starting week in, week out, maybe not. But I think he's there's certainly again, you know, certainly I didn't I didn't hate what I saw when he was playing. Yeah, I don't mind Hunter to be fair. I think as I said, I think we saw flashes and you know, who knows? Obviously I haven't seen him under Williamson um just yet. So He didn't have a pre season as well, did he? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um but yeah, I think that ten position there's been a lot of movement there already. Um and I think there'll be more movement, so it's it's a twist with the caveat that maybe, uh, unfortunately, some players uh, do move on this window. And finally, the strikers, Joe. Um, I'm going to include Mo in this group. So it's it's Mo Isa, Ellis Harrison, of course, Max Dean, and Matt Dennis, who is unfortunately injured until around Easter. So obviously, Max Dean spearheads that group by quite a way, to be honest. I think the main question is, do you feel there's enough depth there outside of Max to go on the rest of the season? Um, I've been really impressed whenever I've seen Ellis Harrison. Yeah. I've not really watched him play, um, even when he started. Like he started against Walsall, and I thought, look, okay, he didn't score, but he caused issues, and he was good. Um, and I think as well with Ellis Harrison in this system, 
he, he doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the swashbuckling striker because he can bring in the number 10s as well. Um, you know, just with his hold-up play, I think that's quite an important role. Um, with Again, I think it's one of them where it's like, it depends because ultimately, I think you can kind of cross Max, De- Max Matt Dennis off the list just because of his injury. You know, yeah, he exactly. might be back for the last sort of five, ten games of the season, but ultimately it's Matt Steen, Mo Isa and Ellis Harrison. So I think it kind of depends on what happens with Isa. But with Isa having only six months left on his contract, I'd be very surprised if Isa left. I think there's probably more chance of Leco leaving this this window. Mm. Um, maybe that's where it comes down to similar to the right wing back position. It's, it's, it's a Premier League loan, perhaps. You know, just a, a youngster who, you know, they're content with getting half an hour off the bench and content with getting the odd start on a Tuesday night or something. You know, I think Max Dean is young, unless barring an injury to him, I think we're, you know, him and Ellis Harrison, I'm happy with. But whether or not that's enough depth, um, I think it just depends on if Isa goes, really. Because you don't really want four strikers competing for one position. Yeah, um, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, a Premier League loanee that can, you know, like similar, like, I mean, probably not this calibre, of course, but, you know, Troy Parrott, he could play the 10 role and he could play up front. So he played a variation of the two, didn't he? So depending on the match. So I think something like that would probably be what I would call for. But I think it's it's another one of those. There's some moving parts still to come in that in that area. Because if Max, if Matt Dennis was fit, I'd probably just say, just leave it as it is. You know, you've got four fairly capable, four capable strikers. You know, some games might need an Ellis Harrison. Some games might need a Max Dean, and then you've got you can throw on Mo Iser off the bench, um, who's who's looked good in, in, at times off the bench. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, a, a, a Loney would probably be my shout for, for the strikers. Yeah, I think we'll probably stick here. Um, I, I think Williamson will be happy enough with this group. Um, obviously. Is it a risk that Touchwood someone gets injured and then it's maybe screwed? Potentially, but I, I think, you know, we signed Harrison in the summer, as Joe mentioned, he, he looks good and, and I still do feel that he'll be um quite pivotal part of this group moving forward this season. Um and yeah, of course Max Dean has been unbelievable this year and obviously he's catching attention of um of teams higher higher up in the division of the of the pyramids. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think I think this group will, will stay as it is. Okay. I think that brings us quite and quite nicely towards the end of the episode and the end of our transfer window review. I think in summary, though, I think a few additions have been rumoured and they sound like they're going to be, you know, if they do come in, like first teamers. So after that, it'll be the case of building some depth here and there. And But I think that might be towards later in the window, potentially, when... Unfortunately, players may may leave. Um, but yeah, certainly a busy window, as you mentioned. And it'd be interesting to see when we look back at the end of January, what the squad's looking like come February the 1st. Yeah, I think, as, as you mentioned there, I think there's a lot of moving parts this window. And I think a lot of it is going to depend on what we can free up because we have got a big squad. I think there's still, you know, mid-20s players there. And as we've mentioned, there is, it's not necessarily a lack of depth, but it's a lack of the, the maybe the quality which we, which we'd be happy with in the first team, so to speak. So, yeah. yeah, the numbers are there, but I think it just depends on moving on some of these people. Like, you know, we mentioned, you know, Matt Calivray. It, it sounds very harsh to say after him only being here six months, but, you know, if something doesn't necessarily fit right now, why wait ages to try and fix it sort of thing? So, 
yeah, I think it's there's a lot of moving parts this window. So, um, yeah, good luck, Liam Sweet and Raman Nathan. All the best, my friend. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we get a chance to speak to at least some of those guys at the end of the window just to get their thoughts on the squad and obviously moving ahead towards the season. Because imagine get a hold of them now is going to be very hard. Um, obviously, no game this weekend with Wrexham taking part in the FA Cup action for the third round. So, a free weekend for Don's fans once again. I like we've been saying that a bit too much recently. Um, but of course, we have Tranmere on the 13th of January, which, as Joe mentioned, will then be one of the form sides in the EFL and the country in general, actually. It's going to be a quite a tasty game between us two up near Liverpool. But uh, until then, have a great um, start to your new year, of course. And as always, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.